Hello and welcome to My Family, My Business, the podcast that focuses on family businesses from around the world. Today I have Debbie Izamuje, who is Chief Operating Officer for Brilla Media. Very welcome to you, Debbie. Hi, nice to be here. Excited about our chats, you know, so I hope that I can also give enough information <laughs> about what I do as we go on. Thank you. Thank you so much for making our time to, um, to join the podcast. Okay, so let's get started. So tell us about your family business. Okay, so I'm the Chief of, chief Operating Officer of Brilla Media, and Brilla Media is a 20-years-old company, so it's a sports media brand, and um, we're based in Nigeria, but I like to think, I like to see us or talk, talk about us as an African company. So we're focused on only sports, we're a sports media hub. So we have a radio station in Brilla FM, called Brilla FM, we're in four cities. So we're in Lagos, we're in Abuja, Harcourt, and Onitsha. And then we have um, Brilla.net, which is read all over the world. I like to, I like to believe, and um, obviously like our app and other platforms where people can catch up on sports-related news and entertainment. Mm, very interesting. So tell us about your role and how did you get involved? I mean, one would think that you're well. I mean, um, <laughs> not to get into trouble, but it's not a natural. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Career trajectory for uh, a woman. <laughs> so tell us about your role, really. Like, what what's the interest in sports? Why sports are not something else? So the truth is, I've always loved sports. So for um, background story, my dad, I was not, I, I wasn't maybe old enough when this was happening. But my dad used to be a very big or one of the biggest OAPs, sports OAPs or journalists that have come out of Nigeria. And so growing up, to me, growing up was always sports. It was always sports, coming from work sports, watching TV sports. I was always always around sports. And I think he also just kind of thought that I was like the boy of the house because we're three girls. And I was closest to him at the time, and even till now. So I just, obviously, when you spend time with your best friend, their interests kind of become your interest. And so I think that's where the love came from. And obviously also the business, the love for the business and what he did too. Mm. Okay, that's very interesting. So did you always want to join the family business? Was that always the intention? No, so I didn't always want to join. For me, 2015 was, when it occurred to me that that was where life was taking me. But I had, so I had, so I had reality versus maybe my ego. So that was a big fight, a big fight of, hmm, if you go and work for your dad now, people say you've not done anything with your life. You know, there was that, there was that voice in my head. And so for me, even though I knew that that was what was next for me after my master's in UCL and my undergraduates in Sheffield, um, I spent about like maybe five years just not committing fully to the business. So I was one leg in and one leg out. One leg, one leg in, meaning I was working as in different departments, in marketing departments, with the programs departments. So I was learning about business. But one leg out, meaning that I was running my agency. I was hustling by the side. I was trying to do deals in my own name for myself so that nobody would point and say, well, your dad gave you everything. And if, you know, what would you have achieved if you didn't have your dad? And I'm glad that I did that because now nobody can really say that because it's on record that, you know, I hustled and I gained something in my own name, so. 
that's 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 actually very interesting actually to say that. Um, so are you saying that it makes sense for lots of people who are in family businesses to get some sort of outside experience? Is that would you say that's that's advisable as opposed to just going straight from school into the family business? Does, does that yeah, make sense? I think like, you absolutely have to get experience. Um, what has kept me this long in running this business because I my dad has basically retired to be honest. Um, so what has kept me this long in his family business? is the experience that I have from running my own business, from internships that I did um, before I started running my business. People management is a big factor when you're in a position of leadership in a, in a family-oriented business. And I can't imagine the numerous mistakes that I would have made if I had not learned on my own, if I had not learned to humble myself, if I had not learned to read body language during meetings. There are so many things that you just have to learn before you before you come into the family business because a lot is at stake. That's the your family's legacy, and there are no there's no room for failure. Honestly, like there really is no room for failure. So I like to think that make all your mistakes before you come in. <laughs> so would you say that you have um, you were, you know, that it was a sense it was a sense of obligation that made you join the family business, or is it something that you also have a passion for? Um, uh, that's a very tricky one. So now I would say I have the passion for it. But at first, it wasn't even, it was just, it just felt like it was next. I don't really know how to explain this. But now I would say, okay, yes, there's the passion and I love my job. But at first, did I really, was there really passion? No. It was more passion for what I could see versus what I was seeing. So I, I guess maybe that was my drive. Like, oh, I knew where Brilla could be. So at the point that I joined Brilla, we were 15 years old. Now we're 20 years old. So we're 15 years old when I joined Brilla. And I knew that at that time, for a 15-year-old brand, Brilla was starting to lose touch with its younger audience. And with social media, then there was this thing that I had seen um, in America, where radio stations were now official radio stations. And at the time that I joined, nobody was necessarily doing that. And for me, it's not like now that we have podcasts and like a lot of things like that, where you can also create your content, give your audience time. You know, with radio, it's like you're just, it's 247 programming. So in my head, I'm like, you're not even giving the audience a choice. And I was from a younger generation where we were sports for choices. And so for me, my my duty then, um, my drive was, how do I align what this business is to what this business should be? Because the business was losing touch with its young audience. So for me, that was my, I think my passion was more of innovation than radio, which was what Brilla was at the time when I joined. Fantastic. Um, so in terms of joining the business, do you think it should be more structured or should it be something that happens um, naturally? In your case, would you say that it was natural for you to join or would you... So, so what, yeah. my father is very wise. So I think that now that I look back, I realize that there was so much structure from the back end that he was doing that I didn't even know. So taking me for sports conferences. So while he was on, when, when he was still actively working. About how old were you? To... 
maybe like 14. And I was I was young, you know, then would like he would he would travel, he'll say, Oh, he's going to the stadium, then be the ones go to the stadium. Oh, I'm hanging out with daddy, let me go and see the stadium, you know. Now I look back and I realize that was his way of making me have interest in the business. Unlike my sisters that interned in different um, businesses when we were, so it was a thing, you know, somewhere you work, you know. My own was Brilla. Like, it wasn't even a conversation we ever had, like, oh, this summer, please, I don't want to work in Brilla, let me go elsewhere. It was always a thing of, okay, so you're resuming nine, you're closing, the driver will come and pick you, you know, it was, it, so now I realized that he was planting the seed and ultimately he made me make that decision. He never forced me. In short, the day that we had the conversation, it was a family meeting that we had where I was like, you know, I'm ready to step up to the plate. It was never, Debbie, I pick you. You are the one, you know. It was always a thing of, hey, I'm getting tired. Who's going to take over this business? Who's going to do this? And you don't you don't want to see, when you really love someone and you've, you've been close enough to them to see the hard work that they've put in, you really don't want it to die. And so for me, it was just a case of, okay, this guy is getting old and this business needs to be more relevant. So what can I do with what is here? And before I knew it, I was two legs in and here we are today. Okay. Um, so in Christine Keffler's book, The Myth of the Silver Spoon, she says that um, today's next generation affluent face anxieties, pressures and predicaments, even as many others think they have it all. Inherited wealth is a privilege, but it comes with surprising challenges and tripwires. From feelings of isolation to relationship struggles to the fear of falling short of family expectations. So do you feel this pressure? And if you do, how do you cope? <laughs> hey. <laughs> so I'm, I'm laughing because I'm remembering many times that I felt lonely. It's a very lonely journey because there are times where you feel like you don't belong anywhere. You feel like you don't belong with the members of staff because there's that group. You feel like you don't identify or belong with the owner of the business. So there are times where it also feels like you are playing both both roles because sometimes it's like you are, you are, you are fighting for the future of the business. I don't, I don't really know how to explain it, but it really is a very, very, very lonely, lonely job, honestly. But I also think it's very rewarding if you have great support around you. Um, I also think it's very important for in family businesses. I don't I know that families are very dynamic, but in my family, for example, my mom has been a huge support system. So in times where there's that clash between myself and my father on okay, what is our leadership style? Because there's also that different leadership styles from different generations. My mom is like the middleman, reminding two of us of, okay, you, this is why you stepped up. You, this is why you said she would do this thing. And so there's always that sense of, there's always that person to bring like some calm in times of maybe anxiety or even conflicts, because there will be conflicts. I tell people, I'm like, if you're not ready to put your relationship with your, with your um, family, maybe your father, your mother on the line, they don't go into a family business or your uncle or sister or whatever because it will test the strength of your personal relationship with that person. It will test it, it will drag it to the left and to the right. And 
it's but it's it is rewarding because at the end of the day when you look at the people in the company when people tell you that oh they can see changes you know you realize that what you're doing is, is bigger than you also you cannot enter a family business for self-gratification because it's a sacrifice it really is there are times where i feel like oh i'm not here to even and like i'm here to say let me just sacrifice for everyone and so yeah i think i don't know if i've touched enough on that i'm trying to you know <laughs> so so i mean clearly i mean you've said something very important um, and that's about like you know you raised a very important issue which is creating a balance how you know creating a balance between the you know the, the being in the business you know managing the emotions with your um with your family members and then also being able to separate that from the day-to-day personal relationships with these people because you can have an argument with your parents at work or your dad at work and then you get home and then sometimes you might be tempted to carry that anger to the house so how are you able to separate you know issues at work from dealing with the family um, so, like I said, families are different. I think for myself and my dad in particular, we have learned boundaries. I think we had conflict to the point where we learned boundaries. We also had harmony to the point where we learned boundaries. So the more you work with someone, I mean, I'm, I'm not married, but I, I, I like to think that this is my closest experience to what marriage might feel like because you learn boundaries, so you know when to back off, you know when to talk to the person. However, in my case, there's no oh we are now in the house so let's talk about just house stuff because what what is what is bringing us together at this point is the business so if there's something critical that needs to be mentioned we will not say oh because we're in the house we will not talk about business right and to be very honest most times the only time we have to really talk about business on an honest and open level is in the house because in the office we're being like i can't i don't call him dad in the office you know i call him chairman so in the office you're you're still playing that politics of oh i can't you know i'll i'll press the door before i enter your office but when you're at home it's me and you versus the vision of what we said we would do the legacy and so that's when you have honest and almost brutal conversations of oh you're not learning fast enough hey you know you're not removing you say you trust me you're not trusting me well enough you know so we i don't think myself and my dad there's no fine line there's really no fine i come i only my shirt in the house and he's like you've not paid this thing you know so there's there's no fine line nah that's interesting okay so what unique characteristics um, do you think set Brilla Media apart? I mean, Brilla has been, you know, has been around for a long time. In fact, I remember um, going to school in public transport, you know, uh, those days. I think it was in the, you know, in the 90s and every bus would be playing Brilla FM, you know, just, it was your dad's voice. So, I mean, business has obviously lasted for over 20 years. What unique characteristics do you think have set this um, media company because i mean there have been so many others that have tried yeah. but real media has stood the test yeah so what unique characters yeah. do you think have set the company apart it's the training from chairman and by chairman i mean my dad um and i'm also a testimony of that he's a man that is full of integrity wisdom but he's very hard working you know, people in the internet will work smart. Like, he's very 
like he, if he sees a goal that he wants to meet he's going to make sure that he meets it but he also knows how to carry people along and so without him necessarily being there nine to five now there's that thing where once he, even when like now even when an oap leaves they still live with an essence of thriller so it's not necessarily the content because content can change delivery can change when I was interning in Brilla when I was younger, it was a thing where you couldn't speak vernacular. So that's like teaching or your native language on radio because you would have gotten fined. But now you should even speak more indigenous languages than, you know, like, should I say an accent, maybe like a British accent or a foreign accent. So those things change. It would always change. But the, what you put inside, like the character of the employees, the value, the, the we, we're like we're a family. And I know most people don't like to hear, hey, I work in space, we're like a family. But we, we really are like a family because we fight like family members, we make up like family members. We have the same vision of this organization must not die. And I think that's why we survived 20 years because it takes a lot for you to be in business in Nigeria, in four cities for 20 years it's actually a big deal hmm. well, very interesting so how do you think next generation um family business leaders can create legitimacy around their positions in their family businesses like how do you earn the respect of your peers um so it's not the case of you know because you are a guy or madame's child you know how do you get that how do you earn that that respect I think having the mentality that you're there to serve, and this is something that I had to learn because, I mean, I was well-schooled for my role. I'd gone to Harvard, I'd gone to MIT, I'd gone to UCL, I'd gone to Sheffield. So when I started this show, it was a case of, okay, now I'm here, you know, but you realize on the job that you're dealing with people and you're not dealing with, it's not theoretical, it's practical. And so people show up to work daily with different baggages and then they see you and sometimes they're threatened by you because it's a case of hmm, maybe this new management has come to take off everything that i've worked for because i still work with people that have been in the business for 16 years 17 years our oldest employee has been in the business for 18 years and so you have to learn to manage and those people feel like you owe them an ear because they have more experience in the organization than you which is true so over the years, I've learned that you have to humble yourself. That's the first thing, service. You're there to serve. And then you have to understand the pulse of the people, the pulse of the organization. Where is this company at now? Do we need to expand? Do we need to let go of people? Is it time to start doing? Because when I joined Brilla, a thing I wanted to do was marketing. Let's just spend money. Let's be everywhere. But then the company wasn't ready for that at that point. What the company needed at that point was a new HR, was structure internally, which is what we've been doing for the past couple of years so if you're not willing to listen and be humble even to learn from a predecessor so is that is that what you, is that how you pronounce it yeah i hope so so if you're not willing to listen and learn you would actually fail you would you would feel woefully not even just you feel woefully so it's service it's not it's not leadership in that sense it's service mm, interesting so how how have, how have you um, since joining, how have you ensured that your business remains um, relevant to society throughout, I mean, the, the 20 years that the business has been in existence? Okay, so one of the things... Because, I mean, you know, family business can be very traditional in approach. 
Yeah. Right? So this is the way yeah. I'm doing it. Let us continue to do this. So how do you ensure that despite all the things that you still want to in society? I mean, to be honest, I think that I'm also quite firm. Um, and that's because I now know that the people in-house trust me and trust the direction that I'm leading Brilla Media. Um, so at first it wasn't like that, obviously. And the truth is that a, lot, a couple of people had to leave because, you know, you have to get on board with the direction, the new direction of the organization. Um, and that's one. Two, if I'm being fair, it also means that I have to have the wisdom as a leader during, you know, in, during some meetings or some things that I'm saying. And so I try to ensure that I equip myself with enough knowledge. Learning from the chairman, I don't take his knowledge for granted at all. Like, at all. I ask questions. I'm not afraid to ask questions. I'm also not afraid to question some theories that he has. Especially in this short, some, some, was it two days ago? We're still discussing the company organogram because we were having, oh, this is, he, he believed that, oh, you can change it when you wake up, just change the organogram. I was like, no, you can't just switch the structure, you know. You're dealing with something that has been put in place that we've had to reorientate some people. And so I'm not afraid to question his direction while also learning his perspective on that. I'm also not afraid to go out there and sell my business. I tell people, I'm like, I'm the chief marketing officer of Brilla Media. I'm happy to go out, speak about what we're doing, speak about the new direction the company is taking. And yeah, like, I think that's basically it. So do you think that, I mean, now you just mentioned your dad, and I think you've mentioned your dad several times um, <laughs> in this podcast. But so, so do you think that owners staying in the business is a sort of competitive advantage versus hiring a professional business manager? Hmm. It depends on the business. And it depends, you know, people are different. It depends on the people. And it depends on the business. It, depend, it also depends on what the business needs at that time. Um, we're for, fortunate enough in Brilla Media that our succession plan has worked or is working. But the truth is, there were times where it felt like, you know what, let's just cancel this whole thing. How about you just get some guy that has been in sports since you started and let him just run this whole ship? Or, you know what, let me just step back, you take over. So sometimes it really depends. I'm not sure that I have a direct answer to that because there are different dynamics in business. So I'm not quite sure that I have an answer, honestly. So would we say that it could be, it all depends on the stage of the, of the Yeah, it depends on the stage of the business. It does because I also am aware of, and um, I know that he has a bad reputation now, but my dad would always educate me on different um, family legacies or family businesses across the world. And he always used the Donald Trump um, business. And he would tell me, he would say that, um, there was one child that was like an overseer and two people that had been in the business for a long time that only just stepped in so they were the ones running the business basically and then the, tra- the child was just there to read like oh should I just sign it like a board of director so that works for that business but then there are some businesses where the child is the one operating daily and managing daily there are businesses where 
the children are not even involved at all they are just like board owners so i'm not i'm not i think it really depends honestly speaking i can't say for every business is the same so what is your philosophy about being a better leader how do you carry on as a role I, I lead with my heart and I'm very vocal about this when I work with people. I tell people, I'm like, I have a heart for Brilla and so when you're working with me, you will see my heart and I hope that I will see your heart too. It means that the day that you decide my heart is not here, it's fine, it's not personal, thank you and God bless, you know. So I think for me, I'm also very big on not being the smartest person on my team. Um, I share a lot, in, like I don't hold information, I don't hold my vision. We have vision, which is what I did not meet in Brilla. So when I joined Brilla, we didn't even have like vision sessions, you know, like what is even our mission statement? What is the vision? What, are, what is our goal for this year? But now we ensure that we do that so that everybody's on the same page of expectations. Even if like our, our security men attend our vision sessions because don't think that because you are just at the gate, you are not part of something big. And so for me, I think if you speak to the team, and I'm hoping that they will say great things, <laughs> but I think that everyone will say that you can see my heart when you work with me. Honestly, it's not it's not that hard to hide. So you believe that um, sharing the vision from top to bottom is very key in driving the business? It's very important. It's so important. And I realized how people want to be part of something they believe in. You know, the minute they stop to, the minute people don't see where you're going, that's when they lose interest. So what I do is I ensure that I'm constantly showing, and not just by words, but even by actions, by even how I, what I do. So there are times where we go out and I'm maybe we go for like maybe a meeting and I'm like the chief person in marketing. So when they see me doing the groundwork and they see, and that's why it's good to have experience because I wouldn't have done all these things if I was two legs out of the business. But truth is that one leg that I had for maybe a couple of years, it has helped me because now I can also train a younger generation and say, hey, this is how you do, this is how you talk to people, you know? So I think it's very, it's so important, your, your security, the transportation units, like the units that people neglect, they want to be part of every single thing you're doing. You'll be surprised the kind of, in short, the guy that drives me, he gives me the biggest intel of what people are saying about Brilla on the streets than what my chief marketing officer would give me. And that's because he knows my direction as a leader so sometimes i'm not even the one asking sometimes he's the one saying i went to this place this is what they were saying about brina because he knows that if he hears anything that's contrary to where we're going as an organization he needs to inform us and so i think that's very important mm. okay um that's very very interesting that you'd say that um because i wanted to ask i mean since you joined the business what um what steps or what strategies have you put in place to drive this to drive the business forward mm. you know i tell people that um so for two years i was very wary of being in the press or doing any form of interviews because i wanted to work you know i wanted to do the work because i tell people that with family businesses sometimes it's very hard to tell to say in public the achievements that you made without soiling the reputation 
that were there before. So I'm very careful most times when I answer this question because I also never want it to look like, oh, the business wasn't doing well at all. But I do know that when, when I joined Brilla, we're just an FM station. So we're just an FM company, right? Just Brilla FM. And in the time that I joined, what we've done is we've expanded to a full media hub. This means that we now have more streams of income. We're reaching a bigger and a larger audience. We can partner on different aspects. So now we can only partner, sometimes we partner just with .NET, where we have mostly, it's funny, because with our, our websites, we have an international audience. Like, so with with our website, we don't even really have Nigerians reading it, which is interesting. We have like most mostly people in the UK, in the United States. With the FM now, we have visual radio which is one of the things that I, I'm very proud of with Brilla because when I started, there was nothing like it. So now you can see what's happening in the studio, you know, especially during some of our shows like Hard Tackle. Hard Tackle is a show that we have 8 a.m. when people are like, so you pick a, a, a talking point of the day. Is Ronaldo better than Messi? And then you see people arguing. And so sometimes they are almost close to blows and you can actually see that. So for the audience, that's very exciting. Um, so I'm very proud of that. Our, we've also strengthened our partnerships with the Nigerian Football Federation, you know, LMC, the local league here. There are so many things that I know that in terms of partnership and just strengthening the relevance of the brand, because sometimes it's very easy to become complacent and say, oh, everybody knows Brilla, you know, but now even little things like doing sticker giveaways, there are times that we just send our people out, say, just go and share stickers, let people just see this logo. When I joined the brand, one of the things we did was we changed the logo. We wanted something easy on the eye, something that people would see and remember anywhere. So these are the things that I know that we've done externally. Internally, if I start talking about that, I'm not sure we would end today. From creating HR, bringing HR into the organization, which we did not have when I joined Brilla, bringing welfare policies, you know, making people happy just happy to come to the office happy to be on air happy to get news you know creating cooler t-shirts for for employees i know it seems very tiny but even like people want to wear t-shirts and say you know what this is my real shirt it is nice you know and so even the quality of what we're giving to employees now the quality of the bathroom in the office the quality of the sleep day these are things that we did not necessarily pay attention to because I guess in those days, it was more about productivity, work hard, work hard. But I care more about the quality of life that um, the people on the team need. And I think that's very obvious now when you walk into any of our buildings. Interesting. So, I mean, um, it's just that you talk about people uh, just creating um, an environment where people can thrive. So I'd like to ask you, right, so privately held wealth has great potential to benefit society. I'm sure we can all agree, but only if held by people able and willing to do good with it. So how does your family business do good with the wealth that they've created or the business that they've created in the last 20 years? We, we always ensure that we give back. We give back to ex-footballers. And it's very sad because when, so my dad actually has a foundation where he's constantly that I think that's his like his project it makes him happy you know constantly giving back if we hear that anything at all happens to anybody that played for Nigeria 
realize at the forefront so sometimes fans even reach out to us the truth is it's not everyone that we can assist um so so that we don't look like we're a money making machine that we just have so much money to give you know um but i know that that's something that is always at the forefront of what we do we're also very big on children's day and this is because the love of sports for me started when i was a child so for us we try to tell the story and i'll give an example of even the epl how they would sell merchandise to tiny you just see children on tv sometimes one baby will wear my shirt the baby doesn't know what they are wearing but at the end of the day with time you grow and you get close and accustomed to that brand so for us we were big on community service wherever our location is we ensure that if you are doing anything bring your adverts for free our location our community there they have free sports with us so these are the things that were very big on maybe not on a national scale like some bigger companies um but we hope that we would get there honestly and i know that we hope so so as we end um what is the one piece of advice you give yourself today, given how far you've come since you joined the family business? Is there anything you will change? Yes. Um, so I've spoken about humility. Um, I think for me, that would be like, for me, what I would change. Just, just be calm. Like, you know, there's the fear. I think a lot of times people don't also realize the things you're dealing with inside. And a huge factor is fear fear of failing and so even during i remember during the pandemic for me i had a moment where i was like like if this business because sports was on hold we're not getting advanced nothing was happening around the business and it felt like an identity crisis for me because i'm like my whole identity is around moving this business forward changing but nothing is happening so if this business fails if what if the world stops forever, like what am I going to do with my life? And I had to sit with a therapist to figure out, okay, if anything happens to Brilla, here's what you're going to do. You know, this is actually not going to be the end of your life. And so I think for a lot of people that are holding on to family legacies, because it's a huge commitment, it's a big deal. I wish we would have more conversations. I'm so grateful that you're doing this and creating awareness around this my advice would be just relax take it easy it's not it's deep but it's not that deep like and if anything happens even if you fail you would find something else to do like it would you can continue your family legacy in a different way it might not necessarily even be in that exact business so don't let the fear overcome you where you become difficult to work with or you become hard-headed you're not listening to the person that has run this business for years and so for me i think that would be my advice like relax just relax <laughs> thank you very much debbie thank you for joining uh, my, this episode of my family my business and to our listeners thank you all for listening to this podcast um we hope to see you soon thank you